Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Hi, dear listeners. This is Raja Simman. Welcome to the State of the Economy podcast. In this episode, we will talk about India's ambitious project to build an international container transshipment port at Great Nicobar Island at a cost of nearly forty-one thousand crores. This includes from both the government and the PPP concessioner. The port, when fully operational, will have a capacity to handle 16 million containers per year. In the first phase, it will handle about 4 million containers. How important is this project for India's maritime sector? Let's listen to what Jagannarayanan Padmanabhan, Senior Director and Global Head, Transport, Logistics and Mobility, Krisil, has to say. can you just comment uh, on this india's ambitious project of nicobar uh, transshipment port uh, jagan yeah thanks raja for having me here um, i think um, the whole transshipment as a concept is something very important for us in india as we uh, as an economy looking forward coming a 5 trillion dollar economy and with a greater focus on manufacturing and expecting about a 25% contribution to the gdp uh, the whole logistics and the logistics cost aspect is an important one and also the exim trade and that's where the whole transshipment aspect comes in and uh, for all of this to be piecing up together for us to have a security as as well uh, in terms of the overall exim trade uh, it's important that we have a transshipment port and of scale being present in india to that extent yes the nicobar islands project on the port development focused on transshipment is an important and a critical development having said that this is going to be a project which we will you know it will take its time to come through so it could be a decade kind of an opportunity which will pan out over a, over a decade for it to come to scale so that's the context in which i am seeing this whole nicobar island transshipment port Uh, but considering that uh, we have uh, many projects uh, which had faced so many problems project of this magnitude what are the uh, hurdles which are likely to come up yeah so i i think hurdles are going to be there uh, but it will also be good to kind of understand uh, in, in a way uh, i will extend to the first part of the question and, and the need for doing this and hence we will then uh, know whether the, the kind of hurdles that we going to face and how we will be able to Uh, the importance of overcoming that as well so in the overall maritime container trade cons- uh, context the ships of these containers are growing in size significantly over the last for the last two or three decades the largest ships about a decade uh, and a half before was 10000 tus tus being the 20 feet equivalent units that's equal to one container today we are talking about close to 23 to 25000 tus uh, and why is this important because the larger the ship which is going to be there the cost of transportation bring comes down uh, significantly so if you have to look at it from a 23 25000 tu to a 10000 tu the cost difference can be as high as 20% so for india uh then to that extent uh, the aspiration of the government is to bring down the overall logistics cost from 13% uh, of our gdp to about you know 8 to 10% this becomes an important one to 
attack and handle. So these are the kind of potential benefits that it is stands to happen. The second is there is something called as the international maritime route, which happens, and where that's the main line operators, that's the large uh, shipping lines who operate in this route, and that is the Port Klang, Singapore, Colombo, uh, Salada. Those that's the kind of shipping route which happens, and India does not figure in that shipping route. What it means is that there is going to be a transshipment point where this will get offloaded and then the containers move into India. So all of this gets addressed by this particular you know, port coming up in uh, Nicobar. So that's the kind of benefit it has. And, and obviously the foreign exchange part of savings is also an important part which will be there. Yes, there are going to be challenges. There will be environment-related challenges. Uh, that it is happening in Nicobar, where the economic activity per se, uh, in comparison to the other, the rest of India, uh, is to that extent muted, uh, will also be an important challenge to overcome. It's going to be a greenfield port. The whole funding aspect will become a big challenge. Then the overall skill part of it will be a challenge to come across. So these are, and the ecological part of it is also an important consideration that needs to be kept in, in when you have the uh, a port of this size coming up. Uh, and hence, those challenges needs to be studied and the risk mitigation plan needs to be coming across. All of that uh, has to be put in place. And, and that's why I said it is a, a story or a journey which will take uh, its time to unfold. And uh, while the importance is realized, it, there's no point going in, in a fast-paced manner to implement it. Uh, we need to get it right over the uh, next uh, eight to ten-year period. Colombo is already a leader in this region, and uh, Viringium is coming in uh, in a big way. Uh, also, the Adani seems to be um, uh, have a big plans for Katapuli. Considering these three, uh, where does uh, this transshipment port project fit in, uh, Jagan? Colombo traffic from India for transshipment will be close to 4 million TUs here or there. And after factoring in to account for a double counting, uh, because you will be lift on and lift off will happen at a particular level and a transshipment, the net, the actual number of containers would be about 2 to 2.5 million TUs. Uh, and that's the transshipment we are trying to divert in traffic, either to a Katapali or a Viringium or into waiting into the Nicobar part of it. Having said that, that is today's traffic. But if we are aspiring to be having a manufacturing-led GDP growth and getting it to 25%, and that is going to be a $5 trillion economy as a whole over the next decade or so, the future uh, traffic growth can get uh, diverted into transshipment ports. So I'll just give an example. Uh, it'll be good to understand. Uh, there is a port in Oman which is called Salala. It's a port of Salala. And these transshipment ports get, in a way, adopted predominantly by one particular shipping lines. And, and the port of Salala was uh, with uh, developed with the government of Oman and A.P. Moller Musk. And a shipping, MSC shipping line, in a way, adopted that port and they diverted all of their you know traffic into Salada for redistribution in the Gulf region. So something similar would be a strategy adopted out here. There are uh, you know about three or four uh, large shipping lines 
and it would be a strategy to that one of those shipping lines would think Indian subcontinent is an area of focus for them going forward will have to be roped in as a significant partner. I'm not prescribing a particular model of development, but that could be a possible way in which this could kind of unfold. Then, then that gets adopted in, in the overall development. Yes, when this becomes up and running, there would be competition and the impact would be there uh, with Colombo, some of the ports in the East Coast and also in the uh, Viringium part of it, because Viringium is in a way uh, being targeted as a transship. Assuming this takes off uh, in at least a decade, do you feel that uh, Colombo will uh, have a tough competition or both will exist uh, as uh, the Indian economy keeps uh, going? Yeah, as I said, both will coexist because there are shipping lines who will adopt a particular port and move all of their, their uh, cargo through a particular port and that has been what has happened in the past. Um, it is only a loss to that extent of the market share. Uh, it is not on the cost of one, the other will grow. Um, to us, from an India perspective, obviously our trade to that extent becomes insular to the geopolitical developments that can happen in the region. And uh, our trade becomes a lot more secure in, in that context. So I think that's the larger you know, battle that we are planning to kind of uh, you know, win. Uh, there will be individual wars which needs to be fought. But uh, looking at the numbers, uh, in fact, we are talking about almost uh, uh, 16 to 20 million TUs annually. Um, if it is going to be a transshipment port, will India be able to generate that kind of a volume? It would be an eventual capacity, par profit. Uh, I don't see a particular need that you would start off with and it wouldn't be prudent to start off with a 16 million TU capacity to start with. Uh, so I think even a 5 million TU capacity to start with today, the, the largest ports in the country in India are handling anything between 5 to you know, 6.5 kind of a million TU. So that's something which you can start with and then over a period of time to accommodate for growth and all of that we can move ahead and uh, I, I have not seen the DPR or prepared the report so uh, I may not be directly able to come you know comment on what is the time period for which this 16 million has been kind of looked upon but yes that's it's a fairly a large number and I would assume it it would be a need which can be satisfied over the next two decades kind of a journey India apparently is so dependent on the feeder services, you know, again, we are dependent on, as you said, uh, Colombo, Port Kalang, Salala on this side, Jabal Ali. Uh, this transshipment and also considering that uh, we already have a Colombo as a major transshipment, there seems to be interesting from the uh, Chinese point of view also. They also have mega ports, the leaders in their own country. And also showing interest in Sri Lanka ports in the past. So, do you feel that we can see more Chinese investments coming into Sri Lanka possibly uh, to counter the kind of projects which we are talking about in Nicobar? I'm not commenting upon the Chinese investment coming in there. But if you were to look at for growth uh, for uh, Colombo itself, only unlike a Singapore, it has multiple other nations around it. For Colombo, the significant 
contributor for the transshipment would be India because you have Singapore very much nearer and hence there is no other country which is going to directly call on Singapore, call on Colombo. Uh, they would go into uh, Singapore and get that evacuated. So I think a larger, the point I'm saying is that the growth of Colombo will be significantly dependent upon India. And uh, that brings back to the previous point of for a geopolitical consideration to secure our trade lines. It would be good to have a transshipment port based out of uh, India. In a way, once you're getting it based in India, it is no longer to that extent transshipment for India. It is landing in an Indian shore, but it, it gets transshipped to the other ports within India. So uh, the investments could continue to be coming into uh, neighboring countries uh, for geopolitical considerations, but uh, for India at least, um, the need to secure the trade is what will be important to look at. Going by the initial, uh, whatever the government said, uh, the plan is to invest almost 40,000 crores. Uh, should it be confined only to containers? So what do, what are the typical lines that you have of business in the port? You have a liquid, you will have bulk, and you will have containers. On the bulk side of the business, the East Coast has fairly large ports. Uh, and also, when you have bulk, you will uh, it is you need connectivity which is a very important aspect to look at and which gets connected to so we are talking about let's say a coal so the connectivity to a coal mine for a uh, efficient evacuation will be an important aspect uh, in and around nicobar there are obviously no such uh, availability of mines for the whole barrel part of it so that particular cargo is in a way taken off you know, from, from the consideration set. The second one that you could look at is the liquid. Yes, some level of bunkering can be all same for energy security can be considered at the port. And I'm sure uh, it is a non-compete cargo and uh, that, that warrants merit. Uh, so, but that is all as a uh, part B to the whole plan. The part A is obviously the containers and the need to have a transshipment port for the points that I mentioned in terms of cost savings, in terms of shipping being along the shipping line, the mainline operator's shipping line route, which is what is making us go towards Nicobar and the availability of draft. So for our today, 25,000 TU vessel, we are looking at a draft of anything between 17 to 18 meters. And that's what is available at Nicobar. And hence, from a location perspective, uh, it merits that it be primarily focuses on containers and while the other ports are there for the bulk and the liquid part. When it comes through, uh, do you feel it will be a game changer for the entire maritime sector for India? Uh, game changer would be a, be a very strong statement, but it would be something from cost perspective, it will bring down the logistics cost significantly. That's number one. The second part of it would be the whole the whole trade getting secured as per our terms. That's the second part. The third one would be that we would be, you know, have the East Coast ports can thrive on the container part. Today, the split between the East and the West Coast, if you were to say the East, uh, East would be about 35% and the West Coast would be handling about 65% of the containers. And it can get balanced out 
The another important point, I, I should mention this, is the level of containerization in India uh, is quite low. Uh, and going forward, as we get into a, um, become a developed country, this can increase significantly. So I think from a new cargo generation potential uh, uh, or, or the new cargoes getting containerized as a potential will increase significantly and hence this can then tap into it. Once you bring down the cost down, the shift there becomes a tipping point when the shift can for containerization can be faster and quicker. The access to market increases. So all of that will, will certainly um, not only from a maritime uh, trade perspective, but the overall economy can benefit significantly. And uh, yes, to that extent, uh, this can be a you know a game changer. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into the podcast.